this is Kendra Connor, worship leader at Christ Center Church, and I just wanted to let you know that this episode is a little bit different. We had a praise and thanksgiving service, so Sam's message is a little shorter than normal, but there's also a baptism on this episode, so I hope you'll enjoy. And with her sharing that she was thankful for the opportunity to do ministry through C3 online, even though it's different than meeting in person. And obviously, we'd love to meet with the kids and the families and do martial arts in person. Having the option to do it online was a huge blessing and allowed us to be able to continue to do ministry during this particularly difficult and challenging time. And as, as a church and as believers and as Christians in the world, it can become very easy for us through all of this sense march to focus on all of the things that we think we can't do. We can get so focused on that and bogged down in that that we forget there are many things that we actually can do, that we're still able to do even. And one of the things that I am most thankful for is uh, I'm thankful for Kendra and her stepping up and taking on that responsibility through COVID to do C3 as it was such a huge blessing and huge impact on the families that we ministered to. But also, I'm thankful for all of the people that we have here who participate week in and week out on putting together this worship service because we're able to minister to one another as well as to those of all of you who worship with us online. And uh, we could not do that without everyone doing the hard work of serving here and what we do every Saturday night. And one of the things that I'm trying to do this Thanksgiving and Christmas and want to encourage all of you to do as well is to focus on the things that we can do. Because there's a lot of things that we can do and the most important thing that we can do is what we're actually doing here tonight. And that's praising God together as a church family and a church community. We can focus on that. And that is something that is so important for us to do, particularly right now. And that is something that we should be doing each and every year around this time of year. I mean, obviously, we should be thanking and praising God every day. But we should take advantage of the opportunity that we have uh, in this country to carve time out, you know, pun not necessarily intended, uh, to carve time out each year to worship the Lord together and to uh, do it in a way that focuses on those things. We gather together nationally, personally, and ecclesiastically, it's your $5 church word, uh, as a church to worship the Lord. And it should be uh, something that's so much more important for all of us because we're believers. And we should praise the Lord because we know the God who is worthy to be praised. And that should be our focus. And that was the focus of Nehemiah and Nehemiah's people in Jerusalem, as we're going to see tonight briefly in Nehemiah chapter 12. They had finished the work on the wall. They'd completed the work that God had given them to do. And Nehemiah and company decided that it was time to throw a big party. It was time to celebrate the work that God had done, the wall that God had built. Because the people recognized that even though they did the labor on the wall, Ultimately, God is the master builder, and he is the one who's worthy of praise and thanksgiving uh, following the completion of the wall in Nehemiah chapter 12. And that's what this entire chapter is about. It's about them gathering together to worship the Lord in a very meaningful way, which had a real impact on the area around them. Because we look at Nehemiah chapter 12, if you have your copy of God's Word open, we're going to be skipping down past the first 26 verses, which are actually a list of names of priests and Levites. So you know how so far in Nehemiah we've been looking at a lot of different names and things. That section is a list of names of the priests and Levites. Now that is important, but we're not gonna, we don't have a lot of time tonight, so we're not going to look at all those names. 
But that ties in very much thematically and narratively into the remaining part of the chapter, which is, is really about them in a way. So we saw who they are, and then beginning in verse 27, we see what they do and what God's people do. Because the, the Levites were responsible for uh, helping lead the celebration, for helping lead the praise. And what we have in first, uh, t- verses 27 uh, through the first section there, 42, is essentially they decide to get together They're going to have a giant celebration. So what they do is they reach out to the surrounding areas. They gather all of the Levites together who are in Jerusalem already. So they put a call out. And they're like, it's like a flyer for a party. I'm joking. It's probably not like that at all. But it gives you a picture or an idea. They put the word out to get all the Levites together because they're going to throw a giant celebration with lots of singing and instruments and those kinds of things. And then we find in that first passage there, first chunk of text, that they reach out to the surrounding areas to call all the Levites that live outside of the city proper to get together. So it was like when you have uh, several bands that break up and then like the all-stars from each band get together and form a super group. You've got that with the Levites here where they're calling out to all the Levites in the surrounding areas outside the city to get together with the Levites that live there and to throw a giant party with singing and and celebration. And there's even a parade, you know, just to kind of keep things, you know, with Thanksgiving and all. Uh, There's even a parade, which we're going to see shortly, because that's actually what happens after they get everybody together. So once Nehemiah gets all the Levites together, gets all the band members together, gets everybody organized and ready to celebrate and praise God, he divides them into two groups. And I included a diagram tonight so that you could get kind of a picture of that if we can get it pulled up on the screen. Okay. So I know it's kind of small, and those of you at home unfortunately can't see it, but what it is is essentially, unless uh, Sean can make technology magic happen, is that, Sean, you making some magic happen, Sean? Fantastic. So you will be able to see it. So what you have there is the city proper. And what Nehemiah did was he broke all of the singers and all of the people into two different groups, two different parades, essentially. So what they do is they go out of the city, and then you see the yellow lines and the red lines. Those are the two different groups. They go out of the city... One goes toward the south wall and one goes toward the north wall. And actually the first group goes toward the south wall. And that group uh, included Ezra. So you have one group with Ezra. You might note that Ezra is one of the books of the Bible. So you have one group with Ezra, which is the, the yellow group there that goes around the south side of the wall. And they take a group who marches along the wall all the way from one end of the wall all the way up and around to the other end of the wall. While that is happening, you have a second group that Nehemiah is a part of. So Ezra and Nehemiah. So Ezra's in one group, Nehemiah's in the other. He's in the red group. So it's kind of like a wana. So you got the yellow group and the red group. So the red group goes around the other side of the wall. And this is happening and taking place at the same time. You have one group, one parade going up one side. One group, one parade going up the other. The entire time, they're singing and playing all kinds of instruments. We're told in the text that uh, cymbals and harps and lyres... And there's singing and a lot of celebrating, if you can imagine, going up both sides of the wall. And what happens is when they get all the way down the wall and up there to the top, they both go in. And you may or may not be able to see the text up there, but they go up in there in the top in the picture. And then when they both enter the city at the same time, they go into the temple, which is up there. And they have a giant celebration there, if you can imagine what that's like. So you have all of those instruments and that loud clanging and cymbaling and all that kind of stuff, singing and celebrating, and they all get together, probably some dancing too, Shh, don't tell anybody, but they, both groups come into the temple at the same time, and they have one giant massive worship service in the temple together, celebrating and praising and thanking God for everything that God had done in building the wall. 
and for who he is and how he brought it all together. He used people to do it, but God ultimately was the one who orchestrated the wall building. And what we have here is with this celebration, the verse that I read to, to open the service is really, it's the verse that follows the, the parades that go along the wall. And I'll read that verse again for you. It says, And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. They were singing so loud that it could be heard all over the place. You know, the neighbors were probably calling for a noise ordinance violation. But they were singing so loud that it could be heard that people knew that it was worth celebrating, that there was someone worth celebrating, the praise and the singing. And then what we find is, it continues on, in the last part of this, this chapter, of this passage, after, after they gathered together, we find on that day, verse 44, that we have men were appointed over storerooms, and then what they do in the last chunk and section in this passage is that people are motivated to gather together to reinstitute worship in the temple. They, were, they gathered together to organize the ministry that was taking place in the temple. This, they were motivated by the singing and the celebration and God working, and they said, we've got to be part of it. And so they organized and they planned, and this, this attitude of thanksgiving continued. Verse 46, For long ago in the days of David and Asaph, they were directors of the singers, and they were songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And they said, we've got to keep that going. We've got to do that again. And it leads to that. And when we look at this text and we look at this story, there's three takeaways that I want us to get from this tonight. Three uh, reasons why an attitude of praise is so important for our lives. As we celebrate Thanksgiving and we move into Christmas and we worship the Lord, uh, the first reason that praise is so important in our lives is that it shows our gratitude for God for what he has built in our lives. Because no matter how difficult or tough your life might feel sometimes, God is still working there. He's still doing things. And he's still building things in your life. Even if it's not necessarily your circumstances, he's building you. You're, if you have a desire to grow in the Lord, uh, you can. No matter what is happening around you, God will still work in your life if you want that relationship with him. He is building something. He is worthy of your praise. No matter how difficult and tricky things might seem sometimes, God is working, and he's, he's worthy of our gratitude. So living lives of praise is super important because there's always something to praise God for in our lives. We have to do it. We must do it. Uh, the second thing, the second reason that an attitude of praise is so important in our lives is that it demonstrates gratitude toward God before others. So not only is it us showing Him our appreciation and our gratitude for what He's building in us, it also shows other people in our lives how awesome and important He is and how worthy of our praise he is and it serves as a testimony to others the people in verse 43 were singing and celebrating and shouting and playing instruments so loud that everyone around could hear it and they knew that it was Yahweh whom uh, the Jews in Jerusalem were celebrating and worshiping and praising and then the last reason that we see in the text not only should we have an attitude of praise in our lives because of what God is building in our lives not only should we have an attitude of praise because of how it demonstrates God's worthiness to others and serves as a testimony to them, but the last reason is that it encourages others to get involved in the work. As we saw in the last chunk in the last section, 
I mean, it was joy and celebration and praise is contagious. I mean, who do you, who do you want to spend your time around and be around? Somebody who is dour and negative and doesn't believe things are going to work out? Or somebody who has enthusiasm and, and faith and trust in what God is doing? And, and you want to be around that person who sees the hand of God and wants to move and go where God is leading and what he's doing. I mean, this person may not be smiling and cheery 100% of the time, but we want to be around and we're inspired and encouraged by people who ultimately have a faith that is strong in the Lord and, and is impacted and affected, in, or should, rather showed in their attitude toward him. It's praise and a life of praise encourages others to see the importance of a life with God and to be involved in the ministry and the work of God. And the people here, they reorganized everything. They uh, they reinstituted worship in the temple and organized the systems and said, we want to be a part of the ministry there. We want to be involved. God is doing something here. Look at these people. They're celebrating on the walls. Living a life of praise and thankfulness is so vital because it makes such a difference not only in our lives, but in the lives of other people in our lives. And so my challenge and encouragement to us tonight, particularly during the holidays and during COVID, is to, instead of focusing on everything that we feel like we can't do and that we're not able to do, to instead focus on the things that we can and to thank God for those things, not only to him, but before other people. And I think if you do that, you'll be surprised at how contagious that will be. And really, I mean, that, that is, that, that's the way it works with that kind of an attitude. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to praise you, to worship you in the, the various ways that we can, that we have the opportunity to do it, and that you love us enough to use us to reach other people for you. Lord, I pray this holiday season and Thanksgiving and Christmas that we would live lives of gratitude that will not only change us, but also change others through us. Lord, I pray that we would remember to praise you, to focus on the things that we can do, and that is worship and celebrate you. We can always do that. God, thank you for that. And I thank you for Josh tonight who has decided to dedicate his life to you, to demonstrate his faith in you through baptism, to show others, to speak loudly with his life so that others can see and celebrate who you are and what you've done. And it's in your son, Jesus Christ, who is our Savior tonight. Amen. So, this is Josh. Say hello, Josh. Hello. All right, and then all of you at home, say hello, Josh. Hello. All right, thank you. Uh, it's been awesome getting to know Josh. You know, in life, there are people that you meet that you just kind of click with, and you just connect very easily. Uh, Josh was one of those people, just talking to him about interests and life and things. It's been fantastic getting to know him, but what's been even more amazing is seeing the change in his life as he has come to know Jesus Christ as the Savior. Uh, you know, I'm not throwing shade his way or anything or saying he was a terrible person, but when somebody comes to Christ and the Holy Spirit truly does a work in them, it just, you can, you can tell, you know, it changes their demeanor and uh, all, there's just lots of different things that take place, at least should anyway, you know, and maybe that's a challenge to all of us who've been believers for a while that, you know, maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit should make more of a difference in many of our lives, but in his life, could see God working and moving and, and his decisions and everything. It's been fantastic, and it's been just, I can't even say enough about it. But I talked with Josh about what the next step for that means. 
that when one accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, then they uh, are to demonstrate that in a visible way so that others can see it. And we see that throughout Scripture, and we see that even modeled in Jesus Christ when he even uh, was baptized. And so I talked to them about baptism, what it means, why it's important, and tonight seemed to be the perfect opportunity to do that with him because that's what this whole service is about. That's what this weekend is about, and really that's what this holiday season is about. It's about thankfulness and praise and worship to the Lord. And one of the ways that we can do that is through our obedience and demonstrating that. And that's what Josh is here tonight to do. So, Josh, have you made the choice to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. And is it your desire then to demonstrate that faith through believer's baptism? Yes, it is. Very good. So go ahead and I'm going to have you bend your knees okay. and place your hand over your nose and mouth. Good. And you're going to need to scoop forward a little bit because I don't want you to crack your head there. Sure. All right. Very good. Then it is my pleasure, opportunity, and responsibility to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I hope that was an encouragement to you like it was to me. And I hope you all have a good rest of your week. God bless.